This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Get Geeked. Brought to you by GeekFest and Sin City Comics. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Get Geeked. The greatest podcast in the world, and you'll hear why later. Now, this is a rather special edition because our, our boy Shane put on his prettiest little outfit, put himself out on the street, shook his ass at people, and he even got us some interviews. Good Lord, my friend, you got some gosh darn interviews. I just remembered the Get Geek is the clean version because it's for the family-friendly event, which is Geek Fest, coming August 6th and 7th to the beautiful Newport in South Wales. The one and only con you need to go to this year, in my opinion. Agreed. You know what I mean? Because we won't be charging you 200 bucks for a possible Michael J. Fox signature. Possible I'm just deal. saying. Well, just saying is really bad. Well, why are they saying MJ Fox anyway? Nobody ever says MJ Fox. Let's move on. We're Michael getting Jackson's sidetracked. Dead now. You're allowed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson's dead. All right, so you went out to a con local to us over this weekend, and you interviewed a few mofos. We did. Firstly, you I interviewed did. comic book artist Dan Slott. Comic book writer. See, this is why, that's why I told you to do it. You have a I did the interview. You do the intro. Okay, we'll do it again. Ready? Comic book writer, Dan Slott. Yeah. Okay, what do we know him from? Amazing Spider-Man, mainly, over the last eight, nine years. Yeah. And recently, he, he's gone on to do Silver Surfer as well. Silver Surfer, excellent. And he was kind enough to let you near enough to him to record him. He was, yeah. That's really nice. And you had a, a nice little chat with him, didn't you? I did, very much so, what yeah. Kind of th- what kind of stuff did you talk about? He talks about some upcoming projects and... Bits and pieces about his history. I always loved comics since he was a kid. Some cool. interesting stories, actually. It's really All right. Good well, let's give him a let's give him a quick listen. Get good. <laughs> uh, have you always been into comics, and what sort of got you into into comics? Um, I've been into comics since I was about like seven or eight years old. Um, what got me into comics? I knew they existed. My uh, cousin, um, when they lived in, when we all lived in New Jersey, had them. And uh, but in the weird way, like I thought they came from his basement. I thought that's where comics came from. Okay. Because you would in their basement where they had like a, a ping pong table and a giant, a super enormous giant stuffed teddy bear and some other stuff. He had his uh, boxes of comics, and uh, the stuff he liked was uh, war comics and horror comics. But since he liked uh, Nick Fury and his Howling Com- Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, he really liked Kirby. And since he liked Kirby, one superhero book he really had lying around was he had all the FF. Um, and he, he thought I would like superheroes most, even though he had like House of Mystery and Ghosts and yeah. Um, he, uh, he started me off with uh, the Galactus Trilogy. So the first uh, superhero comics I ever read was the Galactus Trilogy. Um, but for the most part, I, I never thought about reading comics unless we went to visit them. Um, and then one day, I'm biking home, and I pass the 7-Eleven. Do you guys have 7-Elevens here? Yeah, it's like a uh, convenience store. We don't have 7-Elevens, but we have convenience stores, yeah. Um, and uh, they had a sign up in the window that said Spider-Man was coming to sign comics at that 7-Eleven. And I love Spider-Man, because I watched the cartoon after school. Um, 
is the 70s, and they had um, after school they had in syndication back to back the uh, Spider-Man uh, 60s cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, it. Spider-Man. Yeah, and they had the Adam West Batman show. So that was a great hour. So if I if I biked home really fast, I could make that. And uh, yeah, so I knew who Spider-Man and Batman were. And when I saw that Spider-Man was coming to my town, um, I had to have comics for him to sign. Um, and I asked, that, that's when I got started on allowance. And I bought, um, God, what did I buy? I bought a Marvel Tales that had an Electro story in it, the John Romita Sr. Electro story. And I had uh, Marvel team up with the Sp- 38 Spider-Man and the Beast versus the Griffin. Um, I just I went through the racks to find what I thought would be the best Spider-Man stories there were, and also um, I knew from my cousin's comics to flip and look at the end of the comics said the word to be continued. Then I didn't want it. I wanted a full story, so I went through the whole racks and those were two full stories. Um, I knew that much, and I got Spidey to sign them. I freaked out when I met him, um, and I just got them as collectibles. As a chance to meet Spidey, um, but when I got home, I, I read them and I just read those same two comics over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, then all my allowance went to comics. And if my sisters wanted to get me out of the house, uh, older sisters, they had more. I had a quarter a week for an allowance that bought me one comic. And uh, if my sisters wanted me out of the house, they would send me on an errand, like to get them a pack of gum or the stupidest things just to get me out of the house and they would go if you do this we'll give you a quarter and they knew the time it took me to bike to 7-Eleven and to bike back home uh, it would take it would half hour to get there half hour to get back they'd be free of me for an hour so it was that's what they were buying for their 25 cents other um, comics you said you got signed with Spider-Man yeah um, have you still got them? long since destroyed oh, oh, no. No, read so many times they fell apart I, I but you know when you get older, you go, oh, I'm, I'm rebuying that. I want the, the issues I had when I was a kid. But I do have comics from when I was a little kid where uh, when I'd go to summer camp, I'd want to bring my comics with me. And my you know, mom says, oh, you can bring this many because you're just going to lose them. And they made you write your name on them. So I had the comics that still have in my childish scrawl, Danny Slot written on them in the corners. People know that was my comic. And one of those was the uh, Spider-Man Pocket Comics, where they put the first six issues of the Lee Ditkos, and they, they got up to, like, volume three of that. But they, that one Pocket Comic that had Amazing Fantasy 15 in the first, like, five or six issues, that lived in my back pocket. That went with me everywhere. That was my Bible. And uh, that had my name across the top of it over all the pages, Danny Slot. Uh, Years later, I got uh, when I was working on Spidey, and I was one of the times I was uh, meeting Stan Lee. Can he, he sign this? And he, he signed my pocket. It still exists. It's still all in one piece. It's, it's old as hell. Looks like it should be falling apart, but it's it's got my childish scrawl across the top, and it's and Stan signed it inside. Can you tell me a little bit more what you're working on? Obviously, you've mentioned Spider-Man, but. Um, yeah, on, uh, I've been doing Spidey now. I'm going on to year eight or nine of Spidey. And uh, I've been doing now for like a little over a year uh, Silver Surfer with Mike Allred, which is a hoot. That's fun. Uh, every chance I get to work on, like Spider-Man, there's a lot of pressure. 
it better perform well. It better do well. It better, you know, keep its place on the charts. Um, or, I'm, or I'm gone. <laughs> and that's been the that's been the treadmill for uh, for eight years. It's just like, you know, your Scheherazade. You, you got to spin the next day out and keep everyone, you know, coming back for the next one. Um, but it's like that's what you have to do to keep your dream job. I, it's Spider-Man. You know, the people say, "When are you gonna When are you gonna leave Spider-Man?" I'm like, "When I'm fired." That's when I leave Spider-Man. I don't, you don't leave Spider-Man because you quit, you quit. Uh, or if you do, why? 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 Um, one of the neat things about being a Spider-Man writer, um, when you meet other Spider-Man writers in the past, it's like you're in a fraternity. You're in this, you know, society of like you're the you're the 40 or 50 guys who've written Spider-Man. Um, and every time I meet up with one, you know, um, whether it's Michelini or Roger Stern or you know Tom DeFalco, whenever I meet up with another Spider-Man writer, they almost always say the same thing when they give you advice. Like, okay, here's my advice. And the advice is don't leave. You know, you only get to be in that big seat once. You don't get to come back. You know, so it's like plant yourself. Do not leave. It's very much like that speech. Uh, Kirk gives Picard in Generations, you know, when you're in that chair, and it's exciting. It's it's great to, you know, uh, it's weird. People are like, oh, I love your Spider-Man. Like, you better like it. It's the only thing it could read for eight years. <laughs> you know? You're like, oh, you've been reading Spider-Man all through my, my life. I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> you, you, you don't know well enough to read the other stuff. Good, good. Don't read the Roger Stern stuff. He smokes me. <laughs> Well, my next question was going to be, what's your favorite work, uh, what's your favorite piece of work? But I'm guessing it's probably Spider-Man. So, what, uh, what's your favorite act in Spider-Man? Then, what's been your favorite piece of work in, in the Spider-Man universe that you've enjoyed working on the most? Oh, um, God, no! It's just one of the things about comics is you, you don't see this enough that they'll be like, oh, this is your Spider-Man or this is that. It's it's when you work on these books, it's a any comic, it's a big collaboration and a marriage with your creative team, you know um, and the best thing is always working with the other creators, working with Umberto Ramos, working with Ryan Stegman, working with Giuseppe Camicoli, uh, Marcos Martin John Romita Jr. You get the chance to work with these guys and you produce these things together that's what's exciting, is when it all comes the whole thing bakes together and then you get the cake, you go, oh look at that we did this um Really, the process is what's exciting. Meeting the fans is very exciting to see what what's the stuff that like freaked them out and what's the stuff that they care about the most. And um, it, it's so different from what people talk about online. Um, if you talk to people online, they hate the events, they hate long stories, they hate this, they hate that. But when you meet fans, they're all in person. There was always some event or big story that brought them back. Whether it's New Ways to Die or Ends of the Earth or Spider Island or Spider Verse or uh, Superior, something was like they heard about it and they went, I gotta try that. And then they're in. And you're like, and then you're mired. <laughs> Have you got any, uh, you've obviously mentioned some big names, have you got any favorite artists or writers you like to work with and any that inspired you over the years as well? Maybe from, from when you were kids. Um, I've been very lucky. When I started reading Spider-Man regularly, uh, it was uh, it was drawn by Gil Kane when I was buying it off the racks. And 
because of that, like Gil Kane was one of the people where when I saw his art on other work, even though I was like eight or nine years old, I could spot it. That's Gil Kane artwork. You know, it wasn't just this magic, oh, I, I will read anything with Spider-Man, I will read anything with this character. You start going, I like this guy's work, so I'm going to read him over here on Green Lantern. I'm going to read him over here on The Atom. I'm going to read him on Two-Gun Kid. I like this guy. And one of my first jobs I got to do, I wrote a Two-Gun Kid story for Marvel Comics Presents. And the editor said, how would you like Gil Kane to draw this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You get all this Gil Kane artwork. I, I did a two-gun two kid story with Gil Kane. That just, that's like one of my earliest assignments. It still blows my mind. Um, and when you read the Marvel Visionaries trade paperback of Gil Kane, the Gil Kane, it's the last story. It's the thing I wrote, like in my 20s. And Gil Kane drew it, and I'm very proud of it. And he's like, but look at that. Damn. And so, the, the, are there guys I want to work with? Hell yeah. Like, I've always wanted to, you know, I'd love to do something with George Perez or Alan Davis. Or There's so many guys out there. Um, modern day guys, you know, Jim Chung, and uh, just everywhere you look, uh, I, had, I had like a, uh, my, a teen crush on uh, I, anything drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz. I had to, anything, I had to, so there's all these legends and people I would love to work with, and there are guys I've worked with that I want, I want to work with again, I want to work with, so badly with Marcos Martin, I, I loved everything we did together, um, and I felt we didn't do enough, <laughs> and we talk all the time on Skype, and I miss him so much, I'm like, come do some more comics with me, um, yeah, but I'm I'm very lucky that everyone I'm, I'm the the best time I've ever had working on a book. The best time I've ever had working on a book it has been Surfer. I, I I've not been happier working on a comic, um, and and so much of that is is Mike Allred. Mike and Laura are the nicest people in comics, and Mike is so full of energy and he's so positive about everything, and he's so creative, and uh, it's just that every time pages come in. Like, there's a way it is in my head. And sometimes when you don't get the comic the way it is in your head, you get like, oh. But then other times, the artist does something even better. And you're like, oh, that's so much better than what was in my head. And that's the way I feel every time I get a, a Mike Allred page. You know, oh, you nail, oh, you didn't just nail that. That's, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I love that little flourish you gave or that touch you did. Or I, I make certain when I'm working with Mike that I leave lots of places for him to be creative. Like, I never describe the aliens. You know, a whole new alien race, knock yourself out. And then the aliens, you're like, I love these guys. You know, look at these guys with three eyes and a weird thing where their mouth should be. I love you. This is great. They're in a space toga. Awesome. So obviously, uh, you've obviously got your dream job. Um, you're doing Spider-Man. If you could choose any other character anywhere in Marvel, DC, you know, Dark Horse, any comic, mm. is there anyone else you'd like to write for? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, like, I love working on Spider-Man. I never want to stop. And Silver Surfer was the first guy I was introduced to reading comics. When I did a, my, uh, when I did a, a comic strip in college that I wrote and drew, which was terrible. Uh, it was a thinly veiled version of Silver Surfer. So like I'm, I'm in the sweet spot right now. I'm very happy. I would love if Fantastic Four came back. I would love to do a run of FFF. 
Um, I love all the Marvel characters. I'd I love to take a shot at Cap or Iron Man. Uh, I kind of know I would write a really terrible Thor. No one should let me near Thor. Okay. I can do Hercules. I can do drunk Thor. But normal Thor, I love reading Thor. Thor is one of my favorite books to read. Like I love reading crime novels. And I love reading Ed Brubaker's work. Um, I know I can't do it. But I love it. So, and part of me goes, like, I think I know my wheelhouse. Um, it, it would be fun to do a character like Deadpool that, where I could be as weird and fun as I am on Spidey, yet as dark and messed up as I was on Arkham Asylum. I, I, a lot of times I try to put way too much dark stuff into Spider-Man, and my editor pulls me back and goes, what, what were you doing? You can't do that in Spider-Man. No. And I think, like, if that was if I was over in Deadpool, that stuff would fly and be encouraged. <laughs> so that's saying something I would definitely read. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's like over at Marvel at DC. Oh, I have so much love for uh, you know Batman and Superman and Nightwing. Uh, I love all the weird DC characters, uh, especially the Arnold Drake ones, uh, Dead Man and uh, the Silver Age Doom Patrol. Love them. I would love to do the Creeper, um, or the, and I if, if you could just go straight on CC Beck, I would love to do the Marvel Family. You know, and I'm talking, I'm talking picnics on the moon and the talking tiger, and you say Shazam and you move out of the way and the car gets hit and it becomes the Shazam mobile because why the hell not? You know, you're fighting the talking worm with a little radio headset. That's the best. You know, why wouldn't you want to write that? And why, why do you need to grit it up or make it real? Just go all out. You know, here's a book that all ages can read that's just nonstop imagination and craziness with heroes that you can look up to. I love the Marvel family. If you did it, if you just straight up the middle Marvel family, I would love that. Um, so the, but... One of the things I know is going to happen, like my favorite movie of all time, the whole reason I'm in the UK this trip is I got, I saw there was a concert at Royal Albert Hall where they were showing Raiders of the Lost Ark with a symphony orchestra. And I was like, I'm going to that. And then I found a con that would fly me that was close to that. <laughs> so I, the, yeah, so that's why the main reason I'm here this trip is because I love Indiana Jones. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I have seen that movie into the triple digits. I know every little frame of that movie. I have all this memorabilia at home. It's it's insane how much I love Indiana Jones. And if we have the Lucas film stuff at Marvel now with Star Wars, if that expanded in some weird way and we got to do a Raiders of the Lost Ark comic, I would be all over that. Um, I kind of, I kind of know what would happen though. The second it was announced we were doing it, they would toss me and Bendis and Charles Soule into a pit, and <laughs> we would all fight to the death. So right, you know, Dr. Henry Jones Jr. Oh, I want that so bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's me. It, you know, Doctor Who. So I would love to write Doctor Who. So there's, there's so many different characters and things I would love to do. Um, last question then. What was it like that moment you found out that you were getting the, you know, your first uh, writing job in Marvel and, or DC or Marvel? Let's say Marvel when you first found out you was getting Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man was very surreal. Um, I remember when um, I was in one of the Marvel retreats. I think it was my first retreat. Um, 
and at that time I was writing She-Hulk, and um, I walked out of that retreat walk, working on the initiative. Uh, I pitched them the initiative at that, for my first retreat. Um, but I remember uh, JMS was there, and he walked everyone through one more day. And I remember thinking, man, good luck whoever's following him on Spider-Man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I remember actually thinking that, because in my mind that was never going to be me. At that same retreat, Joe Quesada had us all sit around in a circle, and we were doing a podcast that never aired. He was like, well, i got all these writers here. I'm going to ask them all these questions. And he goes around the table, and he goes, okay, one of the questions he asked, if you, got, if you could write whatever you're on now, if you could write another Marvel assignment, what would you want to write? And it goes around the table, and every writer at that table went, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It got to JMS, who was writing Spider-Man, and he said, Spider-Man. It goes all the way around the table, and I'm the last guy. And it's just, it wasn't what Joe wanted to hear. It was the same answer. Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. Gets to me, and I'm thinking, I'm never, ever writing Spider-Man. They're never giving me a shot at this. This is a chance to let my editor-in-chief know what character I like besides Spider-Man. So I go, Moon Knight. And everyone goes, what? Like, you can hear the needle go. So, yeah. Um, I never thought I'd get to do it, and I get to do it. It's a dream come true. It could only have happened the way it happened. Uh, it couldn't have happened any other way. Um, I, I just find with every gift in life... Uh, Every gift in life, to me, it, it is a monkey's paw. You, I, I find if you want something hard enough, it's just been my, my life journey. If you want something hard enough and you work for it, you get it, but you never get it the way you wanted it. <laughs> and you, there's always a clause, there's always a, a hitch. That, so you always have to appreciate, yes, I have it. Because there is going to be, you're going to wake up and it's not going to be, you know, all the birds are singing your name and the, the rainbow is fluttering through your window. And yeah, no, you don't get your own theme music. It, you get what you get. Um, and I wanted Spider-Man my whole life. I wanted, I wanted this. I didn't think it was possible. I got it. And then when I got it, it was, oh, we're going to do it three times a month. You know, and then when I went solo, like that three times a month, that burnt out a lot of writers. We started off with four or five guys, and then halfway through the experiment of, of Brand New Day with the three times a month shipping, everybody else dropped off. Everyone was like, you know, this is this is tough. This is I don't like this. <laughs> this is like uh, I Love Lucy with the chocolate factory. You know, this is an I want to take my time and save it. And it's boom, boom, boom. Another Spider-Man, another Spider-Man. You have to coordinate it with everybody. And here's another Spider-Man. Here's another Spider-Man. Does your story tie into his story? Are you setting up his subplots? And here's another Spider-Man. No, we can't stop. We can't stop. Come on, guys. Another Spider-Man. And it burned off one guy after another. And when you look at the teams of Brand New Day, it starts with a bunch of guys and I'm in there. Then they all go away and I'm still there. Then they bring in new guys. <laughs> and then exact time later, you know, a year and a half later, they're all like, oh man. And Steve was like, we're going to go down to two you know, two books a month with one writer. And I assumed it was going to be somebody else. So I like, I would not let go. It's like my hands were clawed in. <laughs> like, bring it. 
bring on the come on I can do this I can do this and so part of me was like if I could have you know if I could have it more my way it would be oh god I would love to do this once once a month and savor it <laughs> but you're always on to the next thing you're always on to the next thing so when we're talking now Amazing Spider-Man 9 is coming out next Wednesday Amazing Spider-Man 19 has been corrected the plot and that's being drawn for the for Dead No More, that's in, that, and Amazing Spider-Man 10, 11, 12, and 13. The 10, 11, and 12 are all penciled, and they're all being inked and all being colored. And Giuseppe's working on 13. Yeah, so it's like you're always working on multiple things on multiple things at the same time at the same time writing stories out of order chapters out of order and knowing how it's all going to fit together like a puzzle it would be so nice just to go I'm writing from A to B to C to D I would love that but that's not the job if that was the job someone else would be sitting in my chair and doing it so I, I, I appreciate the monkey's paw I gladly shake its hand I'm very happy you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing. It's not the way I want it, but it's the best job in the world. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got one last question as a comic book fan and a Spider-Man yeah. fan. Any hints for anything that's coming up in the next couple of comics? Yeah, uh, we're we found out at the end of uh, Amazing Five that uh, Scorpio and the Zodiac are the key investors in Parker Industries. This will come into play in Scorpio Rising. And what have they been planning and what do they want that device for? What are they using it for? What is this all about? Um, then we're going to have four issues with Mary Jane back in the book. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be Mary Jane and your new boss, Tony Stark, in the book. And Regent. The return of Regent from Renew Your Vows. So Peter, Mary Jane... Tony Stark, and maybe a little Miles Morales in there, too. Yeah. And then after that, dead no more. And we're going to freak you out. We always build up to bigger and bigger things. You know, we, we go, boom, here's Spider Island. Boom, here's End of the Earth. It keeps growing. And then you're going to get Spider-Verse. And then you had Superior. You had, And now... The, the next big thing we have coming down the pipe is we've got Dead No More, where big things will happen in it, big things will come out of it. You will, you will, not you, there are a large portion of people are going to freak out when certain things happen and you know. No, and it, yet again, the monkey's paw. I wanted this, but not like this. Why, why are you doing it like this? I wanted that. I asked for that for so long, and you gave it to me, but why? Why? Why do this to me? Yeah, remember when we brought back Hobgoblin, and the next issue we chopped off his head? Wasn't that hysterical? All the people going, what, no? They're like, yay, Hobgoblin's back. What, no? Now Phil Yurick is Hobgoblin. You bastard! And then you know, a year later, hey, I'm Roderick Kingsley. I'm alive. What? You know, that, that's great. That's fun. I love doing that. Dead No More is so much like that. <laughs> it's gonna be great. You're gonna be like, what? Yeah, it'll be fun. So awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on Get Geeked. Yeah, uh, sure. It's been great talking to you over the weekends. 
Have thank a good week soon. Safe journey home. Oh, thank, thank you very much. much. Yes. Bye. Fascinating. Yeah, it was really good. You were destined for radio broadcast. Well, you know, it's that voice. It's that know, I got I got a face for radio. I mean, you should learn how to hold a mic, but the interview <laughs> sounded great. Can I have a mic? Well, a that's problem number one, then. A face for radio. A face for and radio. And a voice for silent film. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly what I got. So that was great. I mean, check out some of his work. Uh, you know, you can get it from Sin City Comics or yeah. anywhere else you can get comics. Not that you should buy them anywhere else. No, you should Especially if you're in this region. Uh, okay, you also went on to interview somebody else. Now, this would be... Now, what was this person's career? Uh, he is the art, an artist for he, Marvel. He's a Marvel comic book artist. Okay, and his name is Shane... You tell me, Matt. You tell me. Jorge Molina. No, we wanted him to say it. <laughs> he's not going to say it. He's, Jorge he's Molina. Come on, you can do it. Say it. Jorge Molina. He did it. It's all right. It was good. Well done. And what did you and Jorge discuss? Oh, we talked about his history. Uh, yeah. He's a main artist in uh, for A-Force. Yeah. And about any upcoming projects, his mm -hmm. loves, his likes, his dislikes. Did he happen to pronounce his name for you? No, he didn't know. Fair enough. Well, let's That's listen to I that struggled one. struggled with it. Well, let's listen to that one. So, first question: uh, Have you always been into comics, and what got you into comics? That was. Um, yeah, since I was a little kid, um, I never quite uh, was into the stories. I was like the the, the visual of the characters, so like the I don't know the, 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 what they portray. I was found interesting since I was a little kid, and from there I started getting into the stories because of the cartoons. But again, I never read comics. I still don't read comics at all. Uh, but I love drawing them. I love like portraying the, the stories and, and, and whatever is around all the characters. You know. So what was the cartoons you used to watch? Then? I used to watch the '90s X-Men and Spider-Man. Most of it, Batman. Exactly yeah. same here. Yeah, that's what got yeah. me into. That's, <laughs> that was my start of um, of, uh, of love for comics. Was actually X-Men '92 and uh, the '60s uh, in the UK. They started doing the reruns of the 60s Spider-Man, the oh, old yeah? cartoon. So they used to be on Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. No, I, I had the 90s Spider-Man yeah. child. Yeah. I had that as well, but like it was the 60s to start with, and the 92 X-Men. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, all the, yeah, all the 90s cartoons were just like I was fascinated. Anything from Ninja Turtles, uh, Thundercats, Seahawks, and all those. Yeah. So what's your earliest memory then of uh, which was your favourite sort of cartoon, what, what grabbed your attention? Have you got like a favourite one? Uh, it, it was He-Man and Ninja Turtles. Those were the, like, the main, I don't know, franchise that I, I remember just getting the toys and drawing all those characters over and over. Once I started getting my teenage years, I started getting more into superhero stuff like Marvel. Batman, those type of characters. Who's your, just out of curiosity, who's your favorite teenage mutant ninja turtle? It was uh, Raphael. No, Donatello. Donatello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Andrews. One, right? <laughs> yeah, Donatello. So, can you tell me about what you're currently working on? I know you're obviously doing the A Force, but. Yeah, um, I finished uh, last week, I finished my last issue of A Force. It's supposed to come, I think, next month. Yeah. And after that, I'm done with my run on, 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 on A Force. Uh, I'm still not sure what I'm going to be doing next. They offered me 
Star Wars, but I'm still on the process of uh, doing certain testing and all that. It's not a sure thing yet. Um, but for now, I'm just going to take the time off and do personal stuff a couple of months, I guess, and, and see what happens. So you mentioned Star Wars. Is that the ongoing run, or is it... I have no idea. They, they no? just approached me. They, just said they wanted uh, for me to do a couple of sketches portraying the characters, because they, they want the artists to, to see how they can represent you know, the, the, the main characters, Leia. Um, and from then, if they like my stuff, I guess they'll offer me like the, the, the title that I'll be working on. They <laughs> so are you a big Star Wars fan? Uh, not really, it was uh, out of my time I guess and for some reason I never picked up the hype that everybody else. I guess the hype for Star Wars is something more um, hereditary from the parents, you know, yeah. the children and all, and all that and, and my parents were never into Star Wars. Um, but I do enjoy the visuals of it because it's so different from the superhero stuff. You have to, uh, since from a custom design point of view, they, they, they use more cloths, the ships are different. And I feel I'll be more into doing that type of work, you know, to step away from all the comic book traditional superhero. What's been your favorite line of work so far? What's been like your favorite artist, um, not artist, sorry, your favorite? Uh, character to draw and probably three of the series to draw even. Um, I really enjoyed Thor even though it was just one issue that I that I got to work on I, I love all the Nordic uh, scenery the backgrounds and, and, and again the designs so I really enjoyed that 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 issue that I did and they let me do my colors which is very unusual because of the deadlines and I was very happy how the, the, the color palette of the whole issue came out. So I think that one sticks out the most. Okay. Have you got like a favorite artist that, that, that inspires you or you like their work? Uh, in the comic book industry, yeah, there are a lot. I guess uh, the, the one that always comes to mind is Oliver Coipel. He's a French artist who did four for quite some time. And I think that's one that I love. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I grew up copying drawings from Madureira to Ramos and all, the, all those 90s fantastic artists. And, but yeah, Lady Yu, Travis Cherry, Sam Hughes, I guess. Big names there. <laughs> the superstars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're superstars for a reason, I yeah, guess. Precisely, yeah, precisely. Also, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you could work on anything, uh, any character, any series, is there. Batman. One mistake, Batman. 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 Yeah, yeah. I want to do Batman at some point. I have to. Okay. Yeah. Any particular reason why? Or I don't know. I just, I just like the character. I like, I think it's a fun character. You got to do so much with him. Um, there's so much contrast. You know, uh, all the, all the black and white. How much you can achieve with that? It has a nice silhouette. And, and I don't know. I just, I just have so much fun every time I draw Batman that I. That's something I, I have to do. It's a milestone that I have. To Okay. And um, in your current works, uh, who has been your favorite character to draw at, at Marvel at the moment? Um, I really enjoy doing Dazzler, yeah. but the new Dazzler, because from the Secret Wars A-Force, they had her on their disco outfit, which I was not a good big fan of, big fan of it, because they, they had her on roller skates the whole issue, it's just goofy to me, you know, like, yeah, yeah. come on, he's going to fight with Rollers kids the whole way through. But for the new uh, A-Force, they, they revamped not only her look, but her personality. And um, 
you get a sense that she's been going through dark times and it shows on her appearance and her her, her look she has a more of like a punkish rock uh, style which I thought it was kind of cool to, to, to work on and plus I, I got to put some of my personal taste and, and, and design into the character so that that was fun do you get to put much of your personal taste into into the characters when you're drawing them or if you do you do like a uh, like maybe a range and you got to get it approved by Marvel or do you just uh, sometimes I mean I think it depends on how comfortable I feel with the title when I was first approached to do A-Force they just hand me all the reference material for all the characters and I just stick to the reference for that. I was not a big fan of all the costumes that they picked for the characters, but I was like, ah, I'll just be a good employee and just <laughs> do whatever they're telling me, you know? Uh, but for the second run, where, when they revamped uh, from zero again after the Secret Wars, I felt comfortable with the characters, I felt comfortable with my editors, and I, and I pitched them a couple of ideas and sketches, and they loved it, they loved all the three characters. I, I revamped um, Nico, uh, She-Hulk, and Dazzler, and from what I see, I see other comics, other covers, where they use my um, where they use my, my outfits, and I think that's, that's a positive thing, because they seem to like it, and they kept it, so... I guess it all comes down to how, how comfortable you feel with, with, the, with, the, with the characters and your editors. Okay. And one last question. What, um, what was that feeling like when you got the call off Marvel to say they wanted you to work for them, to maybe work on 8-4s and, and Thor and things like that? Oh, it was always fun. Um, that's the thing with Marvel. I mean, the, the reason I enjoy so much working with them is because I, I, there's not a single licensed title or character that I that I don't feel attracted to, and that's one of the reasons I I, I don't work with DC because um, outside of Batman I, I don't feel any any relation with any other of their characters and, and and characters like like Thor and the X Men I've done a ton of X Men work and the new A Force just I don't know these are characters I can relate to and. And I've been relating to them since I was a kid, so it's just always refreshing for me. Okay, that's awesome. That's all, all my questions. All right, man. Thank you very much for being on. No Thank problem. You. All the best. Yeah. Wonderful work. You are unbelievable at your job, Shane. Absolutely fantastic. Let's finish up then. Geek Fest is August 6th and 7th. Stay tuned to geekfest.com because there are going to be a whole buttload of announcements coming soon. Very much so, yeah. Like, we might even be having Donald Trump. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, look, we can't factually say that we are not having Donald this Trump. This is a reference no, that true. no one... If they don't listen to the other podcast, no one is going to get this reference. Well, you know, we could... Look, I, I'm not speaking uh, uh, untruth, am I? Is there a possibility that Donald Trump will be at GeekFest? Yes. This is like the shoulder of a cat thing from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. You've got a cat in a box, and yeah. while it's in the box, it's either alive and it's dead. It's not from, it's just, it's Shoulder's cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's like, yeah. Yeah. I got it from Big Bang Theory. It's not from Big Bang Theory, they mention it in yeah. there. But Several Shoulder's cat, yeah, Shoulder's cat is a very, like, famous philosopher. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Well, the cat's, not okay. the cat's not the philosopher. <laughs> no, I said Shoulder's cat is a philosopher. But I said Shoulder is a very famous philosopher. No, you said Shoulder's cat is a philosopher. I did not. Oh, we've got it recorded right here. I know what you said. Listen, come to the Con, maybe you'll meet Donald Trump. At the very maybe worst, maybe you'll... you'll meet Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> maybe you'll meet me. People are going to be scared now going to the con if there's a box on the floor going with a question sure. mark on it, like the Riddler. We need <laughs> Is the Donald this cat Trump dead box. or alive? <laughs>
That's like the worst Christmas present. Here's a box. What did you? Oh, what did you get me? Schrodinger's cat. I'm you. Shake the box. Is it alive? You know, we could put up at Geekfest. We could put a coffin with Donald Trump on it, and I bet you tons of people would line up to take a picture. I'll make you a model looking like Donald Trump in a coffin. And people, yes. You can have their photo taken next to it. <laughs> Folks, how are you not already excited about Geekfest? Listen to the ideas that are floating around. The, the possibilities are literally endless. Be scared. Be terrified. Be well. terrified. Be afraid. Come to Geekfest. It's family friendly. Bring your kids along. It's going to be great. Bring your kid along and look at Donald Trump's corpse in a coffin. Don't bring your cat. All right, so that's it. Shane, any final words? No, no, it was great. I would like to thank the guys for doing the interview and uh, taking the time and Absolutely. their busy schedules. That's right. And uh, oh, the other voice in the background was Sheldon, the new guy from Legend, because as you said, no one's going to get the reference. No. Because no one listens to both, because this is family friendly. Oh, yeah. sorry. This is family friendly. Joe will listen to both. Who will? Joe. Joe oh. does listen to both, yeah. <laughs> yeah He's driving it. a mail truck. What else has he got to do? <laughs> Joe, here's your shout out for this episode as well. Maybe you should come to Geek Fest. Imagine yeah. if he just rocked in, kicked those <laughs> double doors open. What's up, dogs? <laughs> I'd probably wet myself. That'd be really, really exciting. I'd be terrified looking at him. I could just imagine if he screamed at you, "I'm here!" Damn. Yeah, yeah. He's um. He's put on the front door security. Nobody would mess with anybody, <laughs> would they? You'd be like, "Oh, you want security? Oh, you got to go through that guy." Somebody can't find their ticket, or they're going, "If you don't have your ticket, <laughs> you got out of here." Just continuously <laughs> replacing the table where um, people are taking the tickets because he's put put them through it. Shit. Why is we there no table? What? We need new table. He's put another one through. Why is there nobody on, on the convention floor? Joe kicked them all out for giving him attitude. <laughs> but he took their money first, so we're all right. We we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We can pay the and guests. Then he gave them instructions that if they wanted to make a complaint, who they could phone, and the instructions about to get through to who they could yeah. to talk to. Press one, one for English. English. Right. Fine. This has been Get Geeked. I'm Matt. He's Shane. He's Sheldon. Come to Geek Fest August sixth and seventh, or you're a jerk. Anything else on that one? No, agreed. Great. Stay tuned for announcements coming soon.